All right, guys. Last week, we talked about when we're going to see Juju back to his original form pre-concussions. On Sunday against the Broncos, he had nine catches for 74 yards and a tug, which I just learned today. Did you see enough to convince you that he's officially back to his original form? First, I like I like all the different words you can use for touchdown, including tug. Um, tutter. Can we go with tutter next time? Tutter, yeah. fun. Uh, he did have a tutter, which is important for this part. Uh, he looked like old. <laughs> he looked like old Juju. And remember, we said it was going to be hard against this one. He was going up against Patrick Sertan. He was up against one of the best secondaries in the NFL. Great safety play. Great corner play. And he went nine seventy four for a touchdown. He was probably to much people's surprise if you go back and watch the game. He was their most reliable weapon in the entire game out of the receiving core. I don't know. You could be like Jarek McKinnon and I get it. Like he obviously led the league. He led the team, but so much of that came in that one play where no offense to Jarek McKinnon, uh, Patrick Mahomes kind of made that happen more than you. Um, you know, every time, stuff. every time you say no offense, it's always followed by something mildly offensive. <laughs> I said he had a great game. We gave him all this. Yeah. Props but you earlier. Say it and then you're just like, yeah, you didn't even really do anything on that play. Well, I just said he did less than Mahomes, not zero, just less than him. That's all. But so when you when you look at him, like Kelsey, a lot of his yardage came on all one big splash play. Uh, Sky Moore wasn't really involved. Justin Watson had zero yards. MVS only had that one twenty yard third down completion on the final drive of the game. They needed reliable juju. They got him all game long. Reliable old, I'm going to get eight, nine yards and catch Juju Smith-Schuster showed back up against the Denver Broncos, which made me feel more like old Juju was still in there. That was great news for me. I still think by the end of the season, we'll be talking about Juju being the second most important receiving option on this offense. But something that's been sort of weird over the last month where he was out for a game and then slowly worked his way back into the offense is... We've seen the emergence of guys like Justin Watson. Like I trust Justin Watson more today than I did a month ago, even though it's been scant. Like I trust Kadarius Tony when he's out there more. I trust both of these running backs more. So as Juju was removed from the offense, I feel like other guys have evolved to the point where I've said, okay, I saw what you did with an increased role and I trust you more. So it's great to see Juju back. I think they need him back. And I think that's ultimately going to be the, like, the one thing that makes it so difficult to defend Travis Kelsey, which is we've got another guy doing pretty much the same stuff. So if you want to put two guys on on this one, that's fine. He'll be running free against single coverage and we trust him. And so I, think, a weird, I think he's important, but this offense has evolved to the point where I'm not putting as many of my eggs in the juju basket anymore. I know, but in a weird way, isn't this like, couldn't this mean really good offseason news? Let Juju be just good enough that someone has doubt in just how much money they'd like to give him. Just a little bit less. Just bring that price down just a little bit more. Because I am still interested in Juju Smith-Schuster here long term. Because I don't want to go to an offseason where I've got to figure out pass rusher, offensive tackle, also wide receiver, and maybe paying a corner. Those are all the important positions. That, that's all of them, except for quarterback. And I guess, thankfully, in Kansas City. Uh, they don't have to figure that out because they'd be like, no, nah, man, it's cool. They got safety and linebacker and guard figured out. You're like, those are the ones that don't matter nearly as much. I'd like them to have some answers at some key positions. And it turns out that Juju Smith-Schuster, when he's in there, they're just. He is still Mr. Reliable. Like, Nick, you're right. I do trust a lot of those guys more than I ever did. But if you're still telling me it's third and six, who are you throwing the ball to in the receiver core? And I'm not allowed to choose Travis Kelsey. 
Juju Smith-Schuster still the answer by a by a clear margin. Co sign. Guys, are we ready for our weekly vibe track? I think so. Although I kind of ruined it earlier with my my Doctor Thunder reference too early in the show. But. Was that your vibe check? No, no. I just oh. I thought of that on the spot, and now I'm regretting not making it my vibe check because <laughs> I I was I was going a different way on the vibe check. Nick, do you want to go first this time? I went first last week. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin everyone else's. Oh man. Okay. Um. I mean, I can give you mine. It doesn't matter. I want you to go first. Okay, so normally I go movies or pop culture. I'm going to I'm going to go entertainment, uh, but I'm going to throw it back a little bit. My vibe this week is Charles Dickens. They might say oh. that's kind of stupid. Why do Charles Dickens for a podcast? Hear me out. His most famous novel is Great Expectations. This is the expectation that we should have for the Chiefs. Screw this. You're too hard on them. You're asking for too much because everything we talk about for the Chiefs for this podcast or this show comes with great expectations. I'm not saying this is a you need to play better to beat the Denver Broncos or the Seattle Seahawks, because I don't give a shit about that. I care about how you win a Super Bowl. It's the only thing that matters. How do you win a Super Bowl? We are hypercritical in these little moments of the things that they do right or wrong. It is because of the great expectations we put on Patrick Mahomes and these teams. We expect you to have a chance to win a Super Bowl every year. And I was just feeling that as like people were like, hey, they won against Denver. I'm like, it's fine. I'm glad they won. They needed to do that. But the reason why we're critical after a win in this case is because there's much bigger things at play for Kansas City. All right. Uh, my vibe check. I'm glad. I said, that's why I wanted you to go first, because I was going to change this if you went movies like you always do. But you yeah. <laughs> went books and like <laughs> old books. So. I'm going music. Oh, look at us. All right. All right. So my vibe check for this week is. Fast and the Furious. Right. The movie franchise, I think they're on number 10. I don't know, but that's kind of the point is every couple of years they come out with a new one and they're like, hey, guess what? We get a <laughs> movie and this one's bigger and badder and better than all the ones before. And then you go see it and you go, oh, this is the same movie I've seen eight times. But it doesn't matter because everybody watches and everybody enjoys it because as it turns out, if you just play the hits, Typically, you'll keep people happy. That's what the Chiefs are. We try to convince ourselves that this is a different team. No Tyreek Hill. No, uh, you don't have no uh, any Tyron Matthew. Like the pieces are different, right? We've got to figure out how this team is going to work. No, we don't. We know how this movie ends. The Chiefs win the Super Bowl if the offense plays like they did three years ago, right? In 2019, the offense was perfect in the postseason when they needed to be, and that is how they won a Super Bowl. So we can talk about the defense, right? There needs to be spots where the defense comes up big. There needs to be spots where you get those timely sacks that we talked about earlier in this episode or the timely takeaways. It's all important. Patrick Mahomes plays like an MVP. You're going to give yourself a great chance to go to the Super Bowl. We can come up with all the extracurricular conversation that we want to. We know the formula. We know how you get the job done, and it's by number 15, playing like the best quarterback. We didn't see that against Denver. That's why it looked as ugly as it did. Well done. Do you mean that? Or are you just saying it? Now we have books, movies, <laughs> and Kayla. What kind of music are we going with? Is it Christmas songs? <laughs> so glad you asked. I don't know how it took me this long to get here, but guys, Patrick Mahomes is the Taylor Swift of football. 
Okay. All right. I'm interested. Let's hear it. <laughs> We're going to speak Kayla language for a second. Taylor Swift is the most talented lyricist of our time. Her songs are deep and methodical. There is hidden meaning. Everything is intentional. She wins awards. She's at the top of her game. Hit after hit in a league of her own. The best to do what she does. If you want to fight me on that, let's go. Sells out stadiums. Sells yeah. out. Sell, thank you, Cody. <laughs> Add that to the list. But guys, not everything's peachy. Stars are just like us. She's been through breakups. She's been through valleys. And guess what? She bounced back and she made beautiful music because of it. And honestly, it might be some of her best work. As it pertains to Pat, I took some time to reflect after Sunday's game. And I think we're looking at the three interceptions all wrong. The Chiefs released uh, Andy's locker room talk on Monday where he said, first thing he said was Pat told me he was just seeing how good our defense was. Was he, in fact, testing the defense? Probably not. Um, but the point is, even when he throws three interceptions on the road, we still win games. And you know what? He's going to come back even better than ever next week because uh, that's what he does. And we're about to see some of his best work. So buckle up down the stretch. He's going to give us an all-too-well performance, if you know what I mean. And the real ones do. So if you don't like Taylor, that's a you problem. Just like if you don't like Pat, you need to check yourself. Not only that, but they're just really good people, too. What I saw from our quarterback after that game where he knew it was on him. He was like, I'm so happy. My team was there for me. Team win. Thank you guys for picking me up. Like he has the humility to say that. Unlike some other quarterbacks who point fingers and blame other guys on the team. He's just the best as is Taylor. So that's my vibe check. I wish I could give you a standing ovation right now. (laughs) I will. will. I'll give you a standing ovation. Thanks, Nick. As well said. That may be our best vibe check yet. Yeah, that was, really, really covered. Well, some it, was raw. Impa- it was impassioned, you know. <laughs> but really sold it for me. You want to talk? Get me to talk impassioned. Just name one Taylor, other. But. Name one other podcast who, in talking about the Chiefs, can reference Charles Dickens, the Fast and the Furious franchise, and Taylor Swift. You find me one other podcast. All right, let's run that back. To, but this time, Caleb, maybe can you give me some tears, or at least? <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. Or can you just like, when you edit this, Nick, can you put some Taylor Swift music yeah. behind us? That well, would really and, I'll, make it. and I'll CGI some I'll just CGI <laughs> the tears <laughs> onto your face. Yeah. Thank it, you. I didn't even bring up the fact that now she's getting into directing and writing movies, just like Patrick owns different sports teams. Hey, and hey, what can't she do? What can't they do? I mean, nothing. Unstoppable the forces. They're both, they both are. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap things up here on a Wednesday. That is Cody Tapp. He is Nick Schwartz. I am Kayla Canaram. This is always game day in Kansas City. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. And we will be back with you all on Friday.